Hey, you guys, we're excited to announce new merch. Go to stonerchickspodcast.com and check out the merch tab to see all of these new hats and mugs that we've got. The mugs say smoke your weed on one side and have a nice little leaf design and they say Stoner Chicks Podcast on the other. And there's beanies that say SYW, you know, we know, smoke your weed. Check it out. There's all different colors. It's going to be a great time. We just wanted to get cozy with you. Some of them have pom-poms. They're going to be really cozy, very fashionable. Stoner chickspodcast.com merch And welcome to Stoner Chicks, the podcast for stoners by Stoner Chicks. My name is Grace Penzel. I'm Kayla Teal. I'm Phoebe Richards. And I'm Stephanie Thompson. And we're fucking thrilled to be with you today. <laughs> it is. It's the middle of Leo season. We're mm. all thriving. How's it going out there? Steph's back in Seattle. Yeah, and I don't have a spotty hotspot anymore, so I'm not recording from a tent. <laughs> We're back to full blast, baby. You could set up a tent in your bedroom and record in there. I could. Well, that actually sounds nice. I don't think my bedroom's big enough for that. Woo! And uh, I'm not fucking thriving. I have COVID <laughs> and the AC in my apartment's broken. And I live in the San Fernando Valley. So yesterday I was homesick with COVID and it was 92 degrees in my apartment. Oh my Ouch. God. That's fucked up i know we let some friends borrow our ac our portable ac unit that we used to use in seattle so we just went and got that from them just so i can not have it be 90 degrees while i have covid (laughs) no that's like super dangerous for you to like that's too high of a temperature for you to just be chilling in right luckily i don't have a fever i don't think i haven't taken my temperature in a while but i don't feel well and was woken I slept through my alarm and was late for recording, and I was going to spend my last hour prepping for Weed in the News, So, but instead you get me bleary-eyed and sick and awake. It's okay, because we've got your back, and also, listeners, what you don't know is that before we start recording, we warm up, and Kayla was already making us fucking R-O-F-L all over the place. Like a good news anchor should. But I'm <laughs> I'm so sorry that you're going through that. Freaking sucks. It's all right. I went to, I think LA is about to have, it's early August and it is having a giant COVID boom. Like I went to show at Upright Citizens Brigade that was a super spreader. And I know of at least seven other people who got COVID oh, that no. night. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Well, careful out there. Just remember, it's still, still happening. Still real. Well. Thank you for recording with us, even though you have COVID. I'm so happy to see all of your shining faces. And I'm also happy because we're having a blast over on Patreon. It's something that we uh, rely on to keep this show going. And you can support us over there at patreon.com slash stonerchicks. There's a few different levels. And of course, $3 being the lowest, you get bonus content. And it just gets better from there. Today, we need to thank our newest patron. Yeah, we do. It's Hannah A. Hannah! 
Thanks, Hannah. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you so much, Hannah. We really are so stoked to have you. I saw Hannah like about five episodes today, so I'm pretty sure Hannah's enjoying our bonus content. (laughs) Making her way through the catalog. (laughs) You you never think about all of the people that you subscribe to their Patreons, like just like combing the likes for... Well, to be fair, it pops up on my phone as a notification every time. So I'm not combing, but yes. Oh, you know, you can change your notification settings, right? Okay. But I think Phoebe likes to get the notifications. Oh, I don't have a strong opinion. I could change it. I'm bad at changing any of that stuff. I get notification noises for all the dumb apps I hate. So <laughs> I just don't hate it enough to take the time to change my settings. It does make a world of difference. Like I, I think a year ago or so, I turned off all my social media notifications and it's great because then I just use it when I want to doom scroll instead of it trying to entice me in. It's really nice because I still do it, but less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Hannah, I like seeing you like things. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that one on. <laughs> That's fabulous. And we've been trucking along doing our summer series, Stoner Movie Book Club. And next week we are covering Grandma's Boy from the year 2006. I almost said 206, (laughs) which I guess is correct. Um, No, not at all. Not Not even a little. Not even a little bit. I turned 16 that year, and I'm pretty sure that's probably the last time I saw Grandma's Boy. It's been a while. Been a while. I had never seen it. I now have seen it. And boy, have I got some thoughts, as you could probably predict. Well, you know who has lots of thoughts? Usually news anchors, but they have to stick to a teleprompter. They can only say what the writers think. However, in Weed in the News, I can say whatever the fuck I want. Because it's time for Weed in the News. Minnesota legalized pot. Do you guys remember that time where Minnesota, the government of Minnesota, accidentally legalized THC and edibles? Mm -hmm. I remember when you told us that. Well, now it's fully legal in Minnesota. So yay, congrats to our listeners in Minnesota. I know we have several. You're now going to be able to legally possess and purchase cannabis in your home state. And grow it, I believe. Yeah, you can have up to eight cannabis plants. Yes, but only four can be at full maturity at a time. So you got to make sure if anyone's trying to mature too fast, I don't know, what you, what do you do? <laughs> so you can have four baby plants, four adult plants at one time, which is great. And a dream. I would love to be able to grow a plant someday. I like this article because it has a whole timeline of all of the states that have been fully legalized going back from like today, starting with Minnesota. And it's just so neat to kind of just see these 23 states, how it's cascaded and building more and more momentum for legalization. Yes, there's now 23 states where marijuana is fully legalized. This year, 2023, Delaware and Minnesota. In 2022, we had Rhode Island, Maryland, Missouri. In 2021, we had Connecticut, New Mexico, New York, and Virginia. And those are all the states we've covered on Weed in the News so far. Although, wow. yeah, we might have skipped over a couple. <laughs> I don't know. But congrats, Minnesota. We're very happy for you. Congratulations, Minnesota. 
Minnesota is going to be Minnelotas. No, loaded one. Pot. Loaded with pot, baby. (laughs) Our next article comes out of Australia. (laughs) What's up, Shane? This is from a news source called Perth Now, and the title is Push to End Driving Fear for Medical Cannabis Users. Dale Dunster and other medicinal cannabis users in NSW, what's NSW? New South Wales. New South Wales would no longer need to fear losing their driver's license if proposed laws were passed. The legalized cannabis party will on Wednesday introduce a bill to state parliament that offers prescribed medicinal cannabis users a defense to roadside drug testing laws. The proposal would not apply if the driver was impaired. Mrs. Dunster, who has Parkinson's disease and a lung condition, says the defense would mean she could get behind the wheel without having to plan out the medicine that makes her feel normal. It plays on my mind if I have to go anywhere. The 73-year-old from Bellina in northern NSW, what is it? New South Wales. Told AAP, tomorrow I have to drive to the Gold Coast, so I'm thinking I won't be able to have the cannabis oil tonight. So it's, they've been really strict about having cannabis in your system while driving, even if you're a medicinal patient in Australia, which might be the case in the U.S. as well. But the problem with testing for cannabis is it stays in your system for long after you're no longer impaired in any way. And so, especially if you're a medicinal user, there's all kinds of drugs that people are prescribed for medicinal purposes. They don't test you for if you're driving. Like literally the only thing is illegal, like alcohol. You can't drive under the influence of alcohol, but you can drive under the influence of say, mental health medication or painkillers, et cetera. Or sleep aids. Or sleep aids. I mean. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely still get in trouble for being like driving while intoxicated on other prescription medications. It's But it's that same sort of thing of just like use caution while operating machinery. And I know that for myself, like, I do take some medications where where one of the indications is to be careful while operating machinery. And when I had my medical license in New Mexico and had prescription bottles, essentially, of weed, they had labels on them that said the exact same thing. I think that's how it should be. So I think it's really good because I think, honestly, in my opinion, it's much more dangerous to have someone on the road who could have a seizure at any moment because they're not on their epilepsy medication of cannabis, which someone in this article talks about having to use seizure medication and not doing it because he's afraid he'd lose his job if he tested positive for it. It's just wild. Right. That's a great example. And so what they're doing is they're proposing a law that would simply put the legislative approach with medicinal cannabis on an even foot with other prescription drugs that have the capacity to impair driving. So it's going to be treated not as alcohol, but as a, a prescription drug that if you're taking it actively, you should wait before you drive. Bing, bang, boom. Yeah. So that's good news for medicinal patients in Australia. Common sense, man. Common sense. Yeah, man. There's just so much undoing. So many little things since the U.S. decided to make cannabis illegal in the 1930s or whatever, that we're just slowly still, almost 100 years later, undoing and making right. And that's just an example of one. All right. Our next article comes from the Sacramento Bee. 
titled California Cannabis Competition Sees Fewer Entries. Could this signal a collapsing industry? Mendocino Family Farms was on the verge of bankruptcy when an unexpected win at the 2022 California State Cannabis Competition sold out their entire strain, saving the farm. Oh, that sounds like it'd be a fun plot for a movie. Bill Cruz, the farmer's owner, said the state-sanctioned competition was a game-changer for his marketing in the cannabis industry. Farms like mine, we don't have the money to promote, Cruz said. It's almost impossible. A steady decline in cannabis tax revenues over the past two years, even after state lawmakers lifted the cultivation tax in 2022, reflects a flagging industry for licensed cultivators. Only 39% of California cities and counties allow the sale of retail cannabis within their jurisdiction limiting the number of available licensed retailers to buy from cultivators in an oversaturated market. He said there's not enough room to get those relationships with their with dispensaries. So there's more farms than there are stores, it sounds like. Yeah, that's the main problem. And it's really interesting. I mean, they have a graph here of cannabis sales from 2018 through where we are in 2023. And the the sort of height of this graph peaked at 1.57 billion in the second quarter of 2021 and since then it's dipped significantly just like slowly over time going down 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 yeah and the california state cannabis competition is apparently seeing like significant drops in how many farms are submitting to compete at the competition which they think could be a signal that people aren't doing very well and aren't able to submit to these competitions any longer, which is something that can really help their business being featured in this kind of thing. Another interesting thing is the California State Fair just started having a cannabis competition uh, series. So they would do like beer, wine, cheese. There'd be like a cheese competition. There's now a cannabis competition at the California State Fair. And let's see, who am I quoting here? James Leitz, an organizer for the California State Cannabis Exhibition said the state fair gave us this amazing opportunity for cannabis to have a platform. We get to have a competition alongside wine, cheese, olive oil, and craft beer, like a crown jewel competition. The Department of Cannabis Control, a two-year-old government organization that regulates cannabis, joined the booths of cultivators this year at the exhibit. David Hafner, the DCC spokesperson, said it is crucial for consumers to understand the importance of supporting the legal market because California has been having a big war between the illegal and legal market still to this day. Same with Oregon. Or it's happening in Oregon too. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of reasons. I mean, not only one of my main concerns of illegal farms is that they sometimes use pesticides and fertilizers that aren't great for the environment. They're also illegal, like farming on public lands and stuff like that and and influencing the environment that way. You know, what's wild is... California just legalized pot recreationally in 2016, which feels really recent to me. Hmm. Well, it was 2012 for Washington and Colorado, right? Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. it's only four years. Yeah. Well, I just think the same thing, we're seeing the same trends everywhere is there was an immediate popularity once it's legalized because everyone's excited it's legalized. Then COVID came and everyone had to stay inside and people were smoking so much more weed than usual. And then... It starts going down right as people start going back out into the world and people are smoking way less weed. And then, yeah, you have here in Washington, though, from what my limited ish knowledge, a lot of the illegal stuff is actually going the other way, where because there's so much product and they can't sell it 
They are selling it out to other states like New York. They're taking it to where it's really expensive and they can sell it for cheap. Yeah. And I think, too, I mean, having read this article, they were just overtaxed. All of the businesses there, it was just a total chokehold of heightened taxes. So they can't afford employees. They can't afford this and that if they're not able to move it, move their product. So they said even after the tax breaks that have happened recently, it was too little too late. And now all these farms are having to close. It's really intense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's usually the smaller farms, of course, that have to close and the really big ones are able to get through the lovely way the uh, our country works. I love the idea, though, of going to the state fair and like one of the centers for the competition is just like beautiful, lovely weed being exhibited. I'm like, I'll go see the sheep. I'll go get (laughs) some jam. I'll go see all the like fruit and veggie displays and then I'll go smoke some weed. Yeah. Like I want to see like the state's largest bug. Nug. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Thank you. Thank you for saying what we were all thinking. (laughs) Uh, Well, what I'm thinking is that we could maybe use a smoke break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about MasterCard banning cannabis purchase on their debit cards. Not MasterCard. No. Go smoke a little. Welcome back from your smoke break. We have one last article for Weed in the News, and it is titled MasterCard orders banks to ban cannabis purchases on debit cards. With traditional banking services out of reach, many dispensaries have been operating as cash-only businesses, and that's been happening for many years. But MasterCard has directed U.S. banks to stop allowing cannabis purchases on its debit cards. So sometimes, like, when I buy weed, it'll be like, I'll use my debit card and it'll act like an ATM. Like, they'll, let's say I buy something for $51, it'll round up to $60, a multiple of 20 And that's how I, but I've been using my MasterCard debit card to do that. And now I'm wondering if I want to go test it. If I had my wits about me, I would have tested it before we recorded. But let's see, see, see. The company sent out a cease and desist letters last week saying that since the federal government considers cannabis sales illegal by the federal government, MasterCard will not allow those purchases on its systems. Do we have thoughts? Oh, oh, yeah, we do. I have a think. <laughs> I mean, just big reason why it would be so much simpler if they could just legalize weed federally yeah. and everyone could make some money. <laughs> it would make things simple in some cases. It will complicate a lot of things in other cases. But this is an odd thing where, I mean, let's see, how many years have people been buying weed with debit MasterCards? more than 10 in Washington state. And this is really uh, timely for us right now because we just became an LLC, Stoner Chicks Podcast. Congratulations to us. And we've been trying to open a bank account and we got uh, denied before we got approved. So banking and the cannabis industry is really interesting, even if you're a cannabis adjacent business that is not selling any cannabis products. Yeah, it's tough. And I remember going to dispensaries I think either early on here, 
I'm pretty sure when I've done transactions at certain dispensaries, it was debit only, card only. There's been instances where it has not been cool for me to use cash in a dispensary. Not in Washington in recent years, but Mm-mm. I think either early on in Washington or in New Mexico. I can't quite remember. Anyway, I think it's crazy. <laughs> it is. It also, I'm talking a little off the cuff. It, am I using that correctly? Because I this isn't something I actually know about. I'm making assumptions. But there's a decent amount of semi-violent robberies Oh, weed stores all of the time. And obviously a huge reason has to be because so many of them are cash, mostly businesses. So like, yes, it's just safer for the employees. And I would imagine for a lot of people, if you don't have an entire one type of store that you always know, well, they only can take cash. (laughs) So, right. That is why cannabis stores get broken into. It's not because they're selling drugs. It's because they're selling drugs with cash. Mm hmm. And this article at the end, it st- says something about a proposed act called the Proposed Secure and Fair Enforcement Banking Act, or the SAFE Act, that would allow banks to work with illegal weed businesses without fear of federal action. Congress has been evaluating the SAFE Act, but the Justice Department has expressed hesitation, saying the measure could open the door to loopholes in money laundering laws. <laughs> Interesting. I read that and I don't know what they mean by that. I mean, I know I what money either. laundering is, but can't you money launder any business? Why would... I think they're worried that if a business is money laundering, that this act would accidentally protect them somehow. Oh. Maybe they're asking for some modifications. Hmm. Unless they're talking about... I don't think this could be right, but unless they're talking about since not every state is legal, it would make it hard for them to... Yeah, I don't know. That feels like a BS reason because money laundering happens all of the time. It does. So. (laughs) But I guess I'm wondering if like as of right now, if a company is caught money laundering, their bank is on the line for being involved. So this would like protect the bank, not the business. Right. I think it sounds like it's really complicated. And the banks who do work with cannabis adjacent businesses have to work so much harder and pay so much more and by extension charge so much more because of the amount of effort that goes into making sure that everything is just so and all of the loopholes are being investigated and everything is being done totally to compliance. Like they need just like more people to be checking on that level of compliance. So, I mean, hey, anyone in the cannabis industry, like you're already fighting at a disadvantage. I think it ties perfectly into the other articles that we talked about with sales flagging in California and that sort of thing. It's it's like it's all wrapped up in it just being harder for the marijuana industry to thrive because it's being slowly incorporated into capitalism in this very strange way. Clumsy, I'd say. A clumsy mm-hmm. way. Sorry, I hope that little stoned rant was okay. <laughs> yeah. That was great. And a happy ending for us. We did find a credit union that's willing to work with us. <laughs> Even though we have our name, it's Stoner Chicks Productions Worldwide LLC Incorporated. Ooh, TM, worldwide? TM, 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 TM. <laughs> um, allegedly. And that has been another Weed in the News. Wow. Thank you, Kayla. Thank you, Kayla.
Thank you, Kayla. It's really important and good to have friends that teach you things. Aw, well, happy to anytime. You know what also is important? What? What? To, I think, remember and recount the things you saw while you are high. Oh, you mean... Things they saw while they were high. Things she saw while she, she was, was high. high. Montana edition. Get, get, get your weed. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you might have known, I've been in Montana the last couple of weeks. I just got home and I had some great times. I talked about on the previous podcast about pooping on a rich guy's island. <laughs> but I also had a lot of other adventures. And there's one in particular I wanted to talk about with you guys. Yay. Yeah. So I stay, just a little background, I stay on some family property on Flathead Lake, and we're near an island that's a wildlife refuge called Wild Horse Island, and it's gorgeous, and it has a herd of wild horses on it. (gasps) Wow. It also has a herd of bighorn sheep. It has deer, osprey, eagles, just like, you can go to this little island and hike the whole thing and see all these animals in like a day. Wow. And you're kind of guaranteed to see them because the island's not that big. It's just this magical, amazing place. So, of course, I had to go. I go every (laughs) year. (laughs) And we get there. And one of the things I love to do is get high on the trailhead as just preparation for the hike and getting one with nature. You know, I'm about to forest bathe. I need to have a little elevation. And I start my hike and I have a couple buddies with me. I think we have we're hiking five strong. Like we're a good sized group. And we're hiking and we get up to this top of this hill. We have a 360 view of the island. And one of my friends, friend of the pod, Laurel, brought her drone. (laughs) Yes. Oh, boy. And so we launched the drone and there's actually the herd of bighorn is just down in the valley from us. And we're so far away from them. But she launches a drone to get some aerial footage and it's going to be really cool. And Uh and it's, it's so neat. And we're sitting there, we're having snacks, watching Laurel fly this drone. And these big group comes through the tree line with an off-leash dog. <gasps> now I have to tell you something about wildlife refuges. Like you can't have dogs in wildlife refuges most of the time. Yeah. Well, right. and especially, especially not off, off-leash. Off-leash. And this dog spooks a big horn and they run into the trees and it's this ordeal. And I was like, oh my God. And there's signs everywhere on the island that says, if you see something, say something kind of Mm -hmm. like if you see people harass the wildlife you can call this tip line and so i did and i did it well at the end of the hike i i'll get to that i'll i called the tip line but anyway we're continuing on our hike and we run into the group and it's a group of boy scouts with the off-leash dog what and i could tell that because they all had shirts that said bsa troop 220 were they children yeah they were children but the troop leader is the one who had the off-leash dog And the troop leader was giving this big speech. We were coming down the mountain and this troop leader, like, this is, I'm going to try to say verbatim what I heard, but it's probably now, anyway, this is what he was saying. He goes, have you ever heard of Valhalla? And he's (laughs) like, Valhalla is a place where warriors die in battle. I'm not saying you guys have to die in battle. I'm just saying you need the warrior spirit. 
And it was like this crazy, like, <laughs> what? Toxic masculinity, like, kind of speech <laughs> yeah. stuff that this troop leader was giving and his dog was there. Anyway, and I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> so, like, I'd oh already God. convinced myself. I'm like, I'm calling the tip line on these guys. I got to. And so we get done with our hike and I'm at the trailhead waiting for our boat pickup because it's an island. <laughs> and I call the tip line and the lady takes all my information. She doesn't seem too interested. And I was like, I probably nothing's going to happen. And then not five minutes later, <gasps> the game warden calls me and he's like, I heard you. You saw an off-leash dog on Wild Horse. And I was like, yeah, I did. And he's like, well, tell me all about it. And he was asking like what type of dog it was. How did it spook the wildlife? Where exactly where I was? And I was telling him all these details. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. This is a great tip. There's an island behind Wild Horse Island that's just a Boy Scout camp, and they come there all the time. Oh, so, good. Like, They're building a case against yeah, them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, this is a great tip. And then it's, it's <laughs> hung up and whatever. But my group of friends were all trying to come up with trail names for each other, and we had funny names. But mine is Trail Narc now. <laughs> yeah. I'm a total trail narc. You were narking for good. I was narking for good. You were narking to save the planet and the animals that live on the planet. Yeah. They need to be careful with the wildlife. Anyway, that is my story of hiking on Wild Horse High. And and we got to see the wild horses as well. And I got pretty close to them, not on purpose. They were on the trail. So I had to like walk off trail to avoid them. And it was so cool. Whoa. I don't think I've ever seen wild horses. Yeah, there's, it's only a herd of five. And I think it's like four mares and a gelding. Is that how you say it? I don't know. Is that a boy? What's a gelding? I think it's a young male. I'm not sure. Oh, and they just troop around. They just troop around. They were in the orchard. So at one time, Wild Horse Island was like a private island. And they like deforested the entire thing and planted And so now they took it back and they're trying to remake it more native species, native plants and all that stuff. Reintroduce that stuff. Cool. But that was since like 1937 or something like that. It just now I'm just sitting here thinking like about this whole story you told. And truly, I am just flabbergasted that a Boy Scout troop leader, it feels like the antithesis of the entire point of Boy Scouts. Right. To not follow the rules of like a nature preserve. Yeah, yeah, maybe I don't understand Another... the point of the Boy Scouts. And but... to teach about Nordic warrior heaven, like well, there's not a badge for that. Yeah, the Thor badge does not exist, unfortunately. <laughs> and if he said verbatim what you said, he said, wait, say it again, what he said? Well, he said something like, have you ever Valhalla. heard of Valhalla? And then he was like, you don't have to die a warrior's death, but you need a warrior's spirit. The Whoa. thing is, you do have to die a warrior's death to go to Valhalla. Yeah. <laughs> or childbirth, right? I forget. Oh, I don't know. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, Kayla's most angry that he's going against Viking saga canon. <laughs> you can also go to Valhalla if you are a human sacrifice. Fun fact. <laughs> Fun fact. Maybe they all sacrifice him at the end of the week. Aw. Maybe that's the thing. Him and he get sacrificed. The troop leader? Yeah. <laughs> that's what's good. He's like, 
send me to Valhalla as all of the Boy Scouts sacrifice him. Oh my when God, the game that warden just... knocks on the door. He's like, quick, boys. Get me with this me. <laughs> oh, he totally knew it was me who narked on him too. That was the funny thing. But I don't care. You're a family. You're a local. I'm a yokel. Oh. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love you, Steph. I'm so glad you got to go there. Maybe someday I'll be able to go there with you. I would love to take all three of you and yeah, show you. Yeah, I want to go with you, Trail Narc. Yeah, <laughs> to my happy place. It's such a special place. And honestly, with not to get on a on a thing, but I don't know how long it's going to be there with all the forest fires and the way th- our planet's heating up. So yeah, come on out. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just another reason to enjoy nature responsibly. Don't. (laughs) Yeah, it is fire season. Our yearly reminder to not smoke in the forest right now. Don't drop those J's lit on the earth carpet. On the earth carpet? (laughs) On the earth carpet. (laughs) On the earth floor. But yeah, anyway, we love you guys. And we hope you're having a wonderful Leo season. Thank you for weeding the news. Thanks for reporting back from Montana, Steph. That's been another episode of Stoner Chicks Podcast. We'll see and hear you stoners. No, we will do neither. You will hear us again next Friday for a new episode. But in the meantime, stay cool and remember that you can reach us at a lot of places. Podcast at gmail.com stonerchicks.com oh stonerchicks podcast on instagram stonerchicks.com stonerchicks stonerchickspodcast.com <laughs> ah is stonerchicks.com a thing can we get that domain i Do we don't know? think so i think that's why we're stonerchickspodcast.com let me see damn it to hell <laughs> oh i guess you can buy it Oh, it's offered for a sale for an asking price of $7,200. Oh, no. We won't do that. I mean, unless someone (laughs) wanted to gift us the domain. If everyone listening joins our Patreon right now, (laughs) we might be able to do it. But in the meantime, you can find us at stonerchickspodcast.com. That's where you can buy t-shirts, sign up for our newsletter, and see any upcoming live shows that we might be in. In addition, if you go on TikTok, if that's your thing, we're, we're broccoli broads on there. And remember that if you want more bonus content and other great perks, you can hit up patreon.com slash chicks. What would help us immensely is if you wanted to head over to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, a five-star rating and review if you can. And if you want to send us physical mail for any reason, you can send it to Stoner Chicks Podcast, P.O. Box. 80586 Seattle, Washington 98108. We love you guys so fucking much. Stephanie, what do stoner chicks always say? Oh, just come on down to Montana, catch a crawdad, and get, get, get your weed. (laughs) And smoke it. Smoke Smoke it. it. Definitely smoke it. Definitely. Yeah. Tweet. 